Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, this is Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. It's April, which is Jazz Appreciation Month, so we are running some selections from the QLS archives from artists who make some jazz music. This is a pre-pandemic 2020 conversation with Esperanza Spaulding, who has become one of the new stars of jazz. In this interview, Esperanza talks about the real Portland, Oregon, learning how to play jazz at a high level, and the neurological benefits of certain rhythms. This is a deep and cosmic hour-long chat. Enjoy. Yo, 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 yo. You're, you're good at uh, spontaneity and making shit up. Suprema, su, su, Suprema roll call. 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 A prodigy. Oh, yeah. Went to Berkeley. Wow. Grammy Jack JB. I'm talking Emily. Roll call. Suprema, su, su, Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. My name is Sugar. Yeah. I have a question about jazz. Yeah. For double bass. Yeah. Do you need double hands? Roll call. <laughs> Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. I'm unpaid bill. Yeah. Don't give no fucks. Yeah. Buy his book. Yeah. Mixtape pot looks. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. What you need now? Yeah. First spell in your body. Yeah. I can make it for you quick. Yeah. Or rum hot and toddy. Roll call. What? That was Suprema. Suprema I wasn't ready for that one. I'm Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a weird episode of Quest Love Supreme. Mm, is uh, it is raining outside. It's so a bomb cyclone. All I can say was that Laia, Bill, and I left from the same destination, but I decided to violate some traffic laws to get here mm. in time because our guest today mm. has to be out with the quickness. So Steve insisted that we do the theme without <laughs> Bill and Laia. Yeah. Yeah, he insisted. Why? Because they got to learn, right? That's absolutely correct. Or they can overdub it later. No. The, you, we, never, we never overdub the theme. That's not true. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, Questlove Supreme. So we're joined by the exquisite, the remarkable, the wow. ever-expansive, the gifted. Wow. You already introduced wow. me. Yeah. Oh, my fault. <laughs> we already said Sugar Steve. The original, the inspiring, one of the coolest, prolific creatives in music today, and most importantly, she's a native of one of my all-time favorite cities on earth, Portland, Oregon. Yeah, we love. Ladies you and gentlemen, there. please give it up for Esperanza Spalding. Yay! Wow. So, how you doing, uh, S? Woof! After all that, I'm good. Settling, okay. settling. You're settling. Yeah, and I reflect back for you to you everything you just said about me. Yeah. 
I'm grateful. I'm, I mean, you are know you, this. Are you, I'm bad with I'm learning to mm, accept, accept compliments. Amen. Yes. Accept it. Yes. I'm in a new place in my life. Amen. I read the Gene Keys book. I'm learning to accept for years. Yeah, receive. We've been telling you to accept. It's hard to accept compliments. <laughs> yes. I agree. Are you good or bad with compliments? I just let them roll and often bounce them back, to be real. Also, because I figure you can't perceive it if you don't hold it, you know? I want you to hold the compliments. Yes, okay. you're all those things. Okay, I'm in. I want you I'll to take hold that. It. Can I sit closer to you? You sound pretty great based on his uh, introduction. <laughs> <laughs> What's sitting closer going to do? Yeah, I don't know. Just, yeah, exactly. Okay. HR. <laughs> like some osmosis is going to like emanate off yeah. onto no, you? No, it could okay. be that. Normally, like, I, I know my guests, like, the back of my hand when they come to the show. But um, I can't help but notice mm. that in your bio, in your wiki bio, they had a factoid in there that kind of took me back. What's that? Um... Which, for me, like, the idea of Portland, Oregon, mm -hmm. and the words gang activity, <laughs> never seemed to mix. <laughs> well, That's because it's the Portland of now. You're trying to translate it. And also, if you come from, like, New York or Baltimore or L.A., right. I think gang activity in Portland is, like, a little paper cut that you get by the cooler at the office, like you know? Like Fisher Price. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, I mean, the way they were trying to paint it was, like, you know, music was your salvation. There was gang yeah. activity in the neighborhood. And yeah. I'm, so am I to believe that there's no difference between Portland, Oregon, and no, there's Portland a is just like Compton? I mean, I— if you're growing up and sleeping in the bathtub because there are guns outside and you've never been to another city, it feels it feels imminent. It feels dangerous. It feels scary. Right. And that was the reality for a few years growing up in the Northeast where I was raised. But, you know, comparatively to some other cities, I think we had it mild. But, but people were wiling. You... They were wiling. Okay. I mean, but that's the thing. The fact that you had it at all shocks me because people are, are genuinely jaw-dropped when mm. I tell them that, Portland, Oregon is hands down my favorite city on earth. Like, Why is it your favorite city? More than half my record collection comes from there. <laughs> so, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I'm, 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 we do love music. We yeah, love some music about, out there. Well, the thing is, your record dealers really don't know the value of certain things. So, Portland is the place that, like, Japanese record dealers fly to. Whoa. To come and buy records, and then they sell them back to yes, me. Yes, amen, amen. For amen. a thousand bucks. Amen. Yep. Yeah. Heard. Like we do that too with vintage clothing, just for the record as well. No, oh, I know. Yeah, I heard yeah about they that. really do. Yeah. The, 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 the Portlandia showed that a little you bit. Know? The way they dress. It's a trip. It's like everybody just figured it out, but that reality that you're talking about was like our secret because we were provincial. I no, mean, it still kind of I is. Always knew. You always knew, but I Portlanders like didn't know that the world was really looking at Portland like that. You know, to like beat makers and whatnot, I would lead them to Austin, which is my second favorite city. But okay. I'd send them down south, okay. far away from my Dodane of <laughs> Portland, Oregon. So, what was your childhood like? Did you grow up in a musical family, or no? I I grew up with a single working mother and a big brother, okay. and I grew up. Just in a funky neighborhood. It was, I didn't know that it was grimy because that's all that I had. But I know that we weren't allowed to go outside because it felt dangerous. You know, after the streetlights came on, we had to stay in. Um, and I remember, um, I just remember wanting to always be at the piano and always wanting to compose. And when my mother took the dogs for a walk, I would make her sing harmony with me. That's what I remember my childhood. Starting at what age? All kinds of freaky harmony. Yes, yes. Anything I could hear. Yeah. What age is that? Because I know you're a phenom in that way. Oh, bless. Yeah. I mean, it's. I don't know if I'm a phenom. I've worked a lot at stuff when I was a kid. But yeah, very musical. I mean, it. Honestly, I don't remember. Your but mom what, didn't sing, or your brother? They uh, they sang. Yeah, she's from that generation where everybody could play piano, could play piano and read piano music. You know, <laughs> so for me, it was just like anything that I heard on the radio or on television or in end credits, I would go find at the piano, and that was the beginning of my compositional journey. Can you remember the first record that you purchased? Ooh, it was. Mm, you were born in 84. Don't you give me no, like, yeah, Stravinsky's yeah. Rights of Spring shit. Actually, I know. <laughs> I want some I new edition. Tell a little bit of love. It was probably, ugh, sorry to let you down, it was probably Rimsky-Korsakov. Motherfucker. It was. That's why I said it was. It was, though. Yeah. And maybe some Chibomato. I was really into Chibomato when I was a kid. So I probably bought an early Chibomato record, too. Okay. Well, I went to like a freaky arts high school, so you know we were into oh, all this. Stuff, you know. Wait, how old were you when you brought your first record? Mm, maybe twelve. 
That was how I could afford music because they would be in the bins for 50 cents. You know, so you okay. go, you see the cool cover, and then you get to try it out and see if you want it. You know, so ninety four, ninety five. This when you brought your like ninety six, ninety. Yeah, something like that. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. What was your first record? You <laughs> My first record is yeah. is actually nerdy. Um, I I did the one thing. Please stay, Shravinsky. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's the worst. But I I have no shame in my game. Um, you know, like when especially seventies kids. One, my parents didn't believe in babysitters. So much qualifying. Okay, yeah. I love it. When you, no, you, it's you, not. You, I'm not doing the preface. Preamble. I'm just saying that my so parents didn't believe words. in babysitters. I wasn't allowed to talk to strangers, and you know, Damn. I had a I, I had an afro that rivaled yours as a five year old. Mm. So of course, you know, like the whole primitive exotic way. Old oh, white sh- women come up, oh, you're so cute, and buy me stuff. I wasn't allowed to <gasps> ask for strangers for anything. And this woman comes up to me. Her name is Ellie, and she's like, "Can I buy you something?" I say, "Records." And so, <laughs> and then she got a napkin and a pen, and she took my order down. And then the next wow. night, came back with a Fisher Price record player. What? And she gave me my first three records. Wow. Which was Did, wow. Which was, I have questions about that. Right? <laughs> like, just how that paints your expectation on the world. Yeah. Right. Like, you just expect to ask, and some white lady's going to show up and deliver yeah. the next day. That's, but that's kind of beautiful. I, like that you I love that. I love that. Like, she was going I love out that. Because that's Interesting. how it could yeah. be. Yeah. That's right. And should be. Buy me this white lady. <laughs> yes. Did you talk like that? White lady? White yeah. lady. It was anyway. very articulate as a child. <laughs> No contractions. Is like, I cannot do that, white lady. Anyway, so what was the record? She purchased me. That's not nice. I have a shame. I don't know why. I liked Neil Sedaka's Bad Blood. <laughs> I don't either. Bad Blood, Bad blood by Neil Sedaka. Uh, one of these nights by the Eagles. Oh, wow. Someone that subsequently scared me. Uh, Rufus and Shaka Khan's Dance With Me. I think I got Looking Through the Windows by the Jackson 5. And this is a like, this long all, list. My this God. Was, this all explains quite a bit, actually. And my fifth record was uh, the fifth dimension version of Love Hangover, which was out way before <laughs> Diana Ross's version. What was the first one you physically bought? Not a white lady bought for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a good report card in the third grade, so I my uncle gave me five for five bucks. You could buy the Jackson's Destiny H and switches. It switches. Oh, you were right there with me, motherfucker. And <laughs> <laughs> switches. Switches debut album. Yeah, you could buy a tracks for like two nineteen, two thousand nineteen. Do you know what an a track is, Esperanza? I do. Okay. I have the Mad Hatter on a track for no reason, just just sitting around. It's okay. Yeah, I mean Esperanza is an old soul. She is a very young, <laughs> not an old person. Inside of yeah, a young um, person. So anyway, yeah. I have memories that predate my birth. I do. Yeah. I'm holding them. Yo, what's up? This is Fonte Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. 
In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Farian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Esperanza. Hi. I'm here. How old were you? <laughs> this this here is the extent of this show. All right. So how did you actually discover instruments? And wh- what is your instrument of choice? Because you do everything. You sing well. Oh. You play bass well. You do piano. What Like, what is your... I'm starting to think that the instrument is my life. You know? Those are the details. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's true. I've been thinking a lot about just the potency of word and sound anywhere that we are and trying to hold my existence, like my interfacing with people as the instrumental exchange because I know the power that sound has. And I've been so focused on this, like, I got to shed, I got to shed, I got to put the hours in, like, be able to do the things. And recently I'm like, damn, but there's already people who can do that, you know? There's already that masterful bass player that's already taken it to the limit. There's that masterful vocalist who's taken it all the way. Now I'm thinking about, like, what is the practice to make every sound that I make and interaction that I make, like, a beautiful performance and conversation? This this actually reminds me of something I read in uh, Maite Garcia's book, uh, Prince's Ex-Wife. Um, she said that he told her that to live every day like a work of art. And that's hey. that, that's what that sounds like. I yeah. am really a fan of that. Yeah. yeah. As a practice. As Damn. a practice. Is... Yeah. It sounds so free. I, I can't even comprehend. Right now. Yeah, I'm so free. Think of that. Well, also this... And I like to think I'm an okay musician. <laughs> you Well, you're probably doing that. I'm just coming to the consciousness of it. I think a lot of this Wayne Shorter quote, when he talks about the premise of this philosophy, this Buddhism that he practices, and he said, you know, with it you get to create value out of everything that's happening. And I think that's very much what we do as improvisers when we're in a musical space. Like whatever the raw ingredients are in the studio or with the song sketch, you activate the creative powers to turn that into a thing. So he talks about applying that to everyday life. And he says, because if you're not practicing that, what's practicing you? And that's Questlove Supreme. (laughs) (laughs) That, but that's that's what we've been practicing as artists, right? We've been practicing this creative capacity to take s- nothing or take s- fragments and make something. Like, that's the alchemy of making art. Yeah. So these days, just you asked, that's what I'm focused on. That's the instrument that I want to study, practice, and master. I got I to gotta say that... Um, High five. When I, when I first got to know you, I guess you could say we've known each other at least over 10 years, right? Yeah, 10, isn't that 10, wild? Like 2007, 2008. Ten, ten years ago. You're very much, yeah, a little over 10 years ago. You're very much like the character um, Bleak, Bleak Gilliam oh. in Mo Better Blues. Blues. 
Because I've seen it, right? when yeah, I first, I don't remember who Blake Gillen. That's Denzel. Denzel. That was Denzel's character oh, in Spike Lee's movement. I buy the same dress for both my girlfriends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, you, you remember that red dress you bought me? <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my point. No, my point was, uh, we exchanged numbers. I called you, and you were like, "Hey, I'm rehearsing right now." You know, hit me back, and then I called like two hours later. You're like, yeah, now I'm rehearsing my da 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 And by the seventh time, I was like, oh, she's uh, she's like, the only person I knew that rehearsed longer than you was... Um, Prince? <laughs> no, no. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jack saxophone player who... Uh, David... Uh, David Murray. Uh. David Murray told me that he says on an average he practices ten hours a day. That's wow. madness. Wow. Yeah, I don't. But just quickly to plug for an album with Terry Lynn Carrington, Jerry yes, Allen, and David Terry Murray. Lynn Carrington. That's an amazing album for yeah. the record. No bass because Jerry Allen's playing all the bass. But anyway, mm-hmm. back to us. Yes, yes, the red dress. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, I, I love my dress. Thank you. Yes, I, and I, I remember every time I would call you, you were on a treadmill. Yes. I don't know how <laughs> that works, but literally, That's I'm like, yo, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, I'm on the treadmill right now. I'm like, what? And he still wants to talk, and he's still how? breathing the whole yeah. way. So, yeah. It's impressive. <laughs> I respect that. Hey, man. I respect morning, that. Morning times is when I, when I, I can get that. it in. At nighttime, that. I'm work, doing 12, 12 gigs. Okay, so yeah. gun to your head, what is your favorite instrument? What? She's like flowers to your head. They don't ask questions like that. Flowers to your head. No, really, it's it's my life, man. I'm telling you, like it's it's not about the instrument right now. I I obviously love the bass. Obviously, I love the voice. But like truly, the practice right now to me is like polishing the instrument of my humanity because everything emerges from there. So if there's a fire in your house right now, what do you say? I'm gonna get an answer, damn it. (laughs) At least the instrument. Yeah. Fire in your house, gun to your head. This is really intense. <laughs> it's really, yeah. it's a really violent show. Sorry it's about that. All of a sudden, welcome to Quest Love Supreme. Yeah. <laughs> Let me. Should, Can I, I just ask you a question about the way you grew up? Because I read something interesting about how you had to be homeschooled because mm-hmm. of something that you went through physically as mm-hmm. a kid. Mm-hmm. And as you were talking about rehearsing, I was like, well, I wonder if uh, if some of your rehearsing. Uh, it comes from the fact that you were at home a lot and you Whoa. had to practice a lot. I'm just curious. Can you explain? Yeah. I don't know if there's a connection. That feels very personal. Oh my God. I'm sorry. No, it's cool. Okay. Um, I said you getting into you. So I'm just yeah, saying. let's go. Okay. Let's go. No, I, but what yeah. she means like being home. Yeah. Was that more time to practice as opposed to? No, I watched a lot of Jerry Springer, and I <laughs> ah yes, thank you. Finally, where is the ratchet? Yes, that's it. Yeah, and you know that was before I understood what practice was. That was before practice was like suffering or a thing you were supposed to do because you had to do it. So it'd just be like you remember well before there was any sort of like a four track recording device. You do that thing where you have two tape recorders, <laughs> yes. and you just keep like recording the thing over the thing until Early you get the stacks that you want, right? Um, so I did a lot of that, a Early lot of boss composing. Oh. You, know? Oh, <laughs> you know, like five year old boss. So how? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That was a lot of my of my time. At yeah. what age or what year did you master? <laughs> Your craft. No. No, she has. She's going to say it. Go ahead. Oh, God. Never. I'm sorry, but... No. I'm still learning. All right, But so. it's true. It's true. And also that word master is just problematic for me right now. Like... In a plantation sense? I'm or? just saying, like, okay. a master of what? Like, mm. master of what? Really? Uh, okay. When did, you get, when, did you, when did you get comfortable with your skills as a, as a musician? Oh, well, I'm not comfortable with them, but that's really? not that's not a problem. Okay. It's not Yo, a problem. It's like interviewing the Jacksons. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've it's never seen real. someone no, it's your truth. Dive, like It's your truth. Go ahead. But it's no, but I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. I mean, cause, so. cause, well. So do you still you feel ne- intimidated going on stage? You Hell play with- yes. Of course. When's the but last that's time? That's the joy. That's the joy. Like, that, that is the practice, too. Like, if you know there's some some shit that scares you and you're willing to, like, dive through and dive in, like, that is the practice to me. I know do, there's do juice need, in that. Wait, do you need that every, fear? Maybe so. Maybe yeah. so. But like, I like to know that it might not work. You know what I mean? Like, I like to know, like, oh, shit, how are we going to get out of this one? I like that shit. You're a daredevil. You're, I, I, yeah. Okay, I love it. I, I love definitely that. am. Okay, so this is weird to hear these answers. Okay. But yet... Most of your songs are like in seven, eight meter, oh. like these odd times <laughs> and these really dissident modulations. Yeah. I'm which, freaky. I mean, for those that don't understand, like one in layman's talk or whatever, I mean, it's like 
the daredevil equivalent of of a tightrope walking oh yeah uh uh empire state building to yes, another building <laughs> that's the same i didn't do the sports ones thank you <laughs> flowers but, to your head flowers <laughs> to your head so what i'm saying is 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 that i mean you're at least six, seven albums deep in yeah. Walking the Wild Side. Oh. So. It doesn't feel. I mean, that's. Mm-hmm. But all your records are different. <laughs> you know, all your records you know are different. You know what difference. it is? Like, it's not. Like maybe it's just not that deep. Like I just do what I hear. If I hear some shit and I can comprehend it, if I have the like the whisper of the sound or the premonition of the sound, I just go to make that sound. You know what I mean? Okay. So as of this speaking tonight, you're you're doing a collaborative project with Woo! with Robert. I'm playing with Robert. Yes. Right. Yes. Who, who, is Chris on drums? It's Justin Tyson. Oh, okay. Just, Justin okay. Tyson. Yeah. So with with that particular situation, mm-hmm. are you nervous about? Hell to the yes. Really? Yes. Robert is... Still? Oh, my God. Yes. But that's the thing. It's not about Robert. What makes you nervous? Is it because of who he is or what he might do? Well, I feel very... What he might do. That's what I feel. What he might do. I feel very... That I can definitely understand. (laughs) (laughs) Robert's predictable. He'll do comedy before he'll do anything else. Yes, yes. But also, also, like... I remember something that George Ween said once. He's like, you're young, you get into jazz, and you're doing it intuitively. Like, you're studying, and it's all cool, and you think, like, oh, I got this. I can do this. Then you get, like, 10, 15 years in, and you realize how hard it actually is. Mm. And then all of a sudden, you're like, God damn. Like, thank God I didn't understand how intense this was. Like, I'm at that place right now where I'm just like, holy shit. Like, there's so much more that I I want to do and study and train in. Have you met a composition that you've yet to M word. M word? Yes. <laughs> Meditate yes. on. But like, isn't that the gift? Like what the hell? It wouldn't be fun if you're out here like, I got this shit. So yes, like, done and done. I feel like you feel like the second that you feel comfortable, like <sighs> okay. Yeah, time next. Then it, it, everything's over. Like That's right. Wow. I'm okay. out here to, but you're like that too. Like, why are you at. I'm in a new place now. <laughs> You're a little older. Did you, you just be... spit on me, motherfucker? Zen love supreme. <laughs> you don't so, want to be challenged. I'm, I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to re-enter your life through the through phone communication, which I know you hate. Yeah, no, I actually. I'm going to buy your book and see vocal. if this changes you okay. over text. You I do. I prefer talking on the phone again for the I sonic know. exchange. You know. I know. But right now, like. What I really would love to do, really, really, really in music, honestly, is to harness the best of practices for music therapy and neuroscience. Say what? Yes. And like get that into like a playbook that other musicians can use. And it's not like you have to be explicit, like we're yielding these tools, but just like, yo, okay, like these combinations of chords have this effect on the body. Like these combinations of rhythms like have a soothing effect. Oh my God! I don't know. To no, a certain it's, degree, you know there's a study. No, she's right. No. I'm going to take you theory. to a sound bath. Esperanza. Okay, Yo, what's that? Done, done, and done. I've done a lot of cosmic crazy shit in the, the last. What the fuck is this? Sound bath is amazing. What were you you know say? what it is? I, I read an interview with DJ Quick like about maybe about ten years ago, and he was talking about the way he approaches when he's making beats. It's like he mm. he keeps people's heartbeats, and you know he's Ooh. thinking about the, the pace of their their heart. I love that when he's doing that. So it's kind of. I'm kind of getting that same vibe. It's well, like, as long as you two might need I, to hook up. Milford Graves, I don't know if y'all are familiar with him. There's a beautiful documentary called uh, Full Mantis okay. about his work. He's been exploring this as a percussionist. And actually what he discovered ended up informing like the medical field. He is the one who discovered the measurements for heart rate variables. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, And this was coming from his question as a percussionist of like, how do I affect and heal the human heart right. through my rhythm? And I just like... I say this because very true. As artists, like I was saying before, we have been practicing something very unique. Like we have a superpower, yes, and it's incredible, and we yield it through our art intuitively and through study and practice. And I just feel like right now on planet Earth, like we have an incredible gift to be offered through this medium of music. People yes. trust us; they need us. Like we know that we're administering medicine. So I'm excited at this particular moment of how that medicine can be like supercharged with what our friends and colleagues over in the science world are doing. You know. Yeah, I, I literally got an email from somebody who 
is like the CEO of Musical Health Technologies. Oh, so that's like a literally thing. And you went to Kappa with them. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Oh, oh, I was supposed to tell it's you. It's out here. It's <laughs> happening. It's happening, yeah. and it's exciting. And maybe well, it'll all come back around to what we already do intuitively. <laughs> like yeah. we'll You're learn. T- like we've been doing this. You know <laughs> what I mean? But you are telling the truth because you remember like some time ago uh-huh. when Terrence Howard was talking a little bit crazy on the red carpet. Oh, at Tyler well, yeah, Perry's yeah, yeah, thing? Yeah. Okay. And, you know, Black Twitter had a field day. Uh-huh. He was actually telling the truth 100%. Well, but he did it in such a cosmic way. Oh, that, hmm. I know what you're talking about. He did it in what? such a cosmic way oh, yeah. that would, would just about. set off Black Twitter like, oh, he crazy. Well, I mean, the thing is, you know, when people talk about, like, meditation mm. and and kind of metaphysics and all mm. that stuff. Mm. Anything that ain't in the Bible. Mm. Right, exactly. <laughs> We're getting there, people. Let's mm. not be too hard on and, us. And mm. it's we got a history. No, mm. we need. We, we are need doing. It. We are doing it more often than mm. not when it comes to meditation and things of that mm. nature. Let's not be hard on us. Mm. So, so all I, of us here know it. So. so I pulled. So I've been putting off this thing for like nine months. Where I'm like, oh, what the hell is a sound bath? Okay, you're gonna play a gong, and I'm gonna do some breathing mm-hmm. exercises like Lamaze, and it's gonna change my life, right? Lamaze, you're gonna all. give birth to music. Of all, please keep talking. No, but that's I love the thing. Please, please, I love that. No, no, no. Please I'm continue. just saying that that's that. how close close I was to the idea of it, and mm. then I went into the most transformative mm. like experience of my life, which, and it's so hard. It's it's like I would have. It's probably easier to make you think that there is a Santa Claus. Wow. But you're actually speaking into existence Mm. things that happen where these people play music in meditation Mm -hmm. and it's 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 past uh, a tantric orgasm. Like it's Mm. past all of that. It's really those two. And especially Mm. for yes. I highly recommend it. Can, like, I, can I ask so you what guys a, what? The, oh, the, yeah, you didn't tell us what it was. You had to go yeah. experience it. Oh, you can't. Okay, you know, yeah. it's okay. like okay. How do you explain? You what, do you know what it is. I, I do know what it is. I know and we like talk, certain we're things. The same certain things animal. are experiential. You know, like okay. I practice Reiki, and people ask me what really? that is. I'm like. Uh, I can try to explain it to you, but it'd, it'd be like if you never heard music, right? And I'm trying to explain to you what the sensory experience of hearing s- wow. organized sound is. You feel it in your body, okay? And when you feel it, you get what the shit is. But until right. then, it really doesn't help to explain. Okay, like, you should I, experience it. I believe, like, what? when you see homeless people talking to themselves on the street, somebody find me a Groupon for one. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I, my 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 dream is to. <gasps> organize this for my loved ones mm. like I'm gonna try and figure out how I can do it for 50 people but mm. in the meanwhile I have to get them open to the idea of doing this because mine took me about my experience was like eight hours what I got there That's at 4 30 and after all the crying and screaming and all that shit was done you know I'm telling my girlfriend like oh okay let's go get some neat she's like babe it's 3 45 in the morning Huh? What? Literally, yeah. It's it's. You went in. It's the most intense yeah. therapy thing that you'll ever deal with in your life. I think that we might be one of the few cultures that doesn't have an articulation for the medicinal properties of music. They do in Africa, though. I think that's what I'm saying. She's saying American. I'm in saying in, in this in this nation in our culture. Yeah. I think that it's actually very common knowledge in in many many cultures that you utilize music for specific functions for grieving right. for births for birthdays for celebration for mm-hmm. even for medicinal reasons you know and i think that right now we're coming back to that maybe that ancient understanding yes and i i know a lot of musicians who are asking like okay so how do i like how do i imbue what i do with that when you were speaking about wanting to bring your family to it i'm like damn is that something you could do from the stage like is there a version where you like weave some of that potency into what's being disseminated for the whole audience this is like where i think for that. You no erica <laughs> that's real that's real it is that's but, real i i she knows what she's doing i'll, I'll give yes. you i'll give you a better example now, hearing that 19-minute version of Pharaoh Sanders, the creator has a master plan. Hey. That, or, or like the Prince of Peace, or the, the Leon Thomas, the, just like the 20. You know, like listening to it without context. And then like when he starts his yodeling thing that starts wearing, weirding me out, like, okay, what's he? And then they start uh, primitive screaming and all that. Like pretty much the last stages of Coltrane, 
the last stages of Pharaoh Sanders' albums. Uh, truth be told, Yoko Ono's early Ooh, early so- stuff. Dude, my, my first experience, my first exposure to Yoko as a vocalist was um, the Rolling Stones Rock and Roll Circus. Yes. And if you've yeah. seen it, you've seen it. So yes. you know exactly what I saw and what exactly. I heard. Exactly. So. Exactly. No, but even even, even with the Plastic Ono know. thing with, with Mother. Uh, Woo! Come all, on. All that, all the, all the <laughs> screaming. Right? Please. Yes. All, all the screaming at the end of Mother is due to the fact that Yoko got John into primal scream type of primal scream therapy. therapy. Yeah. Did that feel cathartic for you listening? Yes, totally. Right. Isn't that deep? Yes. And I wonder, when we're thinking about, you're speaking about Pharaoh Sanders and, and Coltrane, like, often I think we speak about their intention of what they were sending out, but I want us to just remember that, you know, the personal work, when we share it, is very potent and very powerful just as medicine in and of itself, because very rarely do we actually get to witness people in healing process. Like, it's hidden. Mm. It happens in a room somewhere with, like, your therapist, or it happens in your marriage counseling, or what, or at church if you get happen to get the spirit, if you're a lucky one, you know? Right. But I think that right now, like, giving that permission to show, like, the total vulnerability and almost, like, borderline madness of what healing looks like, and that catharsis, is a gift that we can give, too. It I'm, is. I'm, I'm happy you brought up Creator as a Master Plan, because I, I still remember the very first time I heard that which was probably about maybe 15 years ago and it really was like like I felt changed after I heard it yeah, yeah. like I was like holy shit like I've, I've been you know a lifelong fan of music you know you know music is transformative blah, blah. I had never experienced mm. what I felt when I first heard creator has a master plan it was like whoa and those individuals just to to bring it <laughs> around or connect the dots they did a deep spiritual work as well like I think those are t- Two artists, for sure, Pharaoh Sanders and John Coltrane, who mm-hmm. recognize their lives as the instrument as well, and were doing that deep studying and taking that responsibility to polish their instrument of their. When I finally understood what was going on with the Love Supreme, like I was like, "Oh wow, this is just." You understood what's going right. on. Well, not not fully understood, but like you know, when I finally realized that the you know the last part is him playing the the prayer on the back of the cover mm-hmm, of the album, mm-hmm, or um, mm-hmm, you know when he mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me when he's um playing the in the first part where he's playing the, the uh, Love Supreme motif and you know in every mm-hmm. key he's mm-hmm. saying God. Is in every in oh, everything. Oh my! Yes. So you know, just yes. picking up on things like that. It's like whoa. Yes, yes. This you is know, completely it's such a gift. Yeah. A big it's part. Such a, gift. a big part. Like why it's so maybe foreign to us because this is one of the unfortunate. One of the kind of things that I find problematic with how religion is in America, mm-hmm. especially in terms. No, especially in terms. Well, there's the church here's, of John Coltrane in, in California. Mm-hmm. So. So here's the thing. When I I was doing research on th- – this is a long story of me finding out how my ancestors came to the States. And so the long story short is that once they were emancipated, they were allowed to purchase a big body of land, 200 acres, Damn. of which they were allowed to go back to their religion and their way of living and their Whoa. technique. So they didn't have to practice Christianity anymore. Well. And once I did the research of what they did in Africatown in Alabama, at first I was joking, like, oh, dude, no wonder I'm, I'm kind of hippie. like, they're a bunch of hippies. They, <laughs> you know, even in the Fela play, they spoke of, uh, I can't pronounce it, Umboktu. Or, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's a religious practice where mm. it's like a three-day meditation. It would be the equivalent of a ayahuasca tea ceremony mm. or that sort of thing, or mushrooms or whatever. Mm. It's sort of like the religion that was imposed on us for mm. purposes of mm. slavery Christianity, is mm. conflicting into what we originally came from. Mm. And so that's kind of what I'm conflicted with now on mm. at least trying to get other black people to not just think that I'm some Birkenstock granola hippie saying, yeah. Yeah. hey, dude, tune in and tune out. <laughs> There's you know. a larger I, tribe than you think. I like to think that whatever archetypal benevolent energies there are, they are very forgiving of the small, small-minded ways that human beings interpret what they have to say. Mm-hmm. I like to imagine them in another realm, just like in harmony with each other, and we're the ones who are like clashing our like diminished edits of what they've offered with each other. You know, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, a- everywhere you go in the world that Christianity has been imposed, you see ways that indigenous cultures have absorbed the best of and use it as nomenclature True. to translate what they already knew. What mm-hmm. they already knew to be truths Mm -hmm. because i mean essentially if you can't feel the ultimate truth in your heart what's the word going to do for you 
you know? Oh. And I, I, I have seen this with, with friends who are practicing in other faiths but are really open to Christianity. They find the metaphor they need yeah. to access that benevolent archetype and let it serve them and support them. So, you know, like, in other words, like, I don't need to, to throw away Christianity or, or, like, put it down. I just can see that humans got their hands on it, diminished it to diminish other human beings, but the archetypal truth Exactly. Is what it is. Yeah. And right. I think there are benevolent entities that are fucking hard to describe. Like, yeah. what? We're, <laughs> we're the, human. The dummy like, version of what you just said is most people just say, I'm spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And That's work what I with say. it. Work with it. Like, not one or two religions. They got some truth here, some yeah. truth there. I just pull it. But I mean, that's the, that's similar to how we get into music, right? Like, essentially, if you are devoted, you're going to find what you need. Like, mm-hmm. it, devotion is devotion is devotion. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a folk singer or a jazz musician or whatever. Like, if you're willing to put in that level of devotion, like, you will unpackage that the polishing of your centrifuge, you know, and be able to bring through the magic that that you have to offer in this realm. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. I have a question. Yes. What? With regards to music being a healing tool and so forth. And mm. I want to just temporarily bring it to the to the actual bass guitar. Okay. Um, and is the is the bass guitar uh, or, or bass mm. or anything that creates mm. low end, is mm-hmm. that is that more uh, suitable for mm. healing because mm. of the stronger vibrations? Oh, that's interesting. I, um, I don't know. For me... I experience it as a very soothing part of my life. Also, I think more than the bass as an instrument, um, that was an instrument that I could improvise on. It was the first instrument that I actually felt free just spontaneously creating on. And I recently... That's what I meant by comfortable earlier. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I recently learned that when you are in the state of improvising, you're actually soothing your brain. So being an active improvisation actually changes the functionality of your brain as you're doing it. It's also the only time that your the part of your brain that forms I narrative and the part of your brain that listens are active at the same time. So personally, I don't know if it's the instrument itself or the fact that I was free on it. I know that my whole life when I've been playing that instrument, I've been soothing myself. Mm. I've been soothing my brain. It's a blessing. It but, is a blessing. But also because, you know, it, 
you'll feel the vibrations more in your body because absolutely uh, like stand up absolutely yeah that would be something interesting to look into just the resonance what the resonance of that instrument does it My, feels healing as hell I mean it's I have one other question about okay. about bass so okay. for people that don't know out there um, the difference between um, an an upright bass or a stand a stand mm -hmm. or an acoustic bass mm -hmm. and what and a double bass is there oh, is there a difference there is a difference it's just different no. names for the same thing yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can I ask a question? My, my my dad wanted me to ask you this question because oh. we were rolling around listening to your music the other day, and he was like, "Oh, I've, I'm a fan. You don't have to play it." He said, "Um, but he's as a drummer. My dad's a drummer. He was like, I need her to really talk about <laughs> how difficult it is to sing and st and play stand up bass, and mm -hmm. how those somehow he he did some Amir Bill shit where it's like the ones, the twos, and the fours, and how it's hard to get in and stuff. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't understand. So I was like, I'm gonna ask the room and ask Esperanza. Yeah. I disagree that it's hard. I think because it's all hard. Okay. All of it is difficult. I mean, we know this. You know this. You practice a lot, though, right? I did. I did. I practiced a lot. I think anybody who practiced as much as I did singing and playing mm -hmm. would find it as accessible as playing piano left and right hand. It's just um, you're used to seeing that, so we don't think about it as much. But like left and right hand piano independence is crazy. Mm -hmm. What's the thing you ignore? Because I know, like, for me, Ignore. Like, if I'm playing, <laughs> I'm serious though, if I'm playing okay. and singing, yeah. I'm not thinking about what I'm playing. I'm thinking about what I'm singing. Oh, interesting. I try to hear it all. Like, I try to stretch to be able to. I feel to, like that's what you were yeah, going to say. Yeah, okay, okay. Like, honestly. Okay, okay, okay. You know what it is? Like, I think after a certain point, the kinetic memory comes in so on the bass. Yeah. Yeah, so that, you have Your access hands. to that. I have to say, though, this particular era, I have not been practicing that much, and it's really wild to be in like a playing environment and actually be trying to think about all that shit at once. Wow. It's it doesn't feel it doesn't feel as as close right now. Because P.S. You know? my dad is eighty, and we were really trying to rack our brains to think of other stand musicians that yeah. play stand up bass and sing, and yeah. we were like, mm. yeah. Sorry. yeah. Can you play drums? Sure. Does it sound good? Do you play good. <laughs> <laughs> have you played on your albums? I have not. Okay. No. I got a question. But it's not too late. The Roots have been trying to complete their last album for like <laughs> three or four years. Yeah. And you like to like make an album in like three days or like 77 did. hours yes, yes. and things like that. So I feel like the two of you yeah. should, you know, yeah. You'll crack the whip but on that, it. <laughs> yeah. That, that album, what uh -huh. that was, was um, showcasing the process of creation as the project. So sure. it was less about the final product and more about like the the art form that we're exhibiting right here is creation itself with all the tightrope walking involved because I truly think personally in my daredevil character that I am like when the risk is real it activates this whole other dimension of your creativity. I I, I propose I, I agree with that. I, I agree with yo. that. And not just in music just I think it's in anything. Like I, I, I feel like I do my best work when I'm under so much pressure. That's what I'm saying. Because Fuck that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay, what about Okay, it doesn't have to be pressure. But just the stakes are real. Like the stakes so. are really but like, real. Did you have to write the paper? Do you stay up all night to write the paper for? Well, you didn't go to college because you're a prodigy. But like, no, she did you, go to I'm, I'm playing. I'm like, like, did you graduate early? She graduated and, and, early. And then write the paper the night before because you needed the the deadline. No, you didn't? no. I mean it like. I think we're both referring to like the creative environment where the stakes are high and very real and there's nowhere else to go. Like if you had two weeks to do the paper, you could theoretically start it two weeks out and sure. you could feel that like, mm, OK, I'm, I'm leading towards something. What I love is when you're in an environment, you don't know what's about to happen and you're being asked to generate in real time a creative response. To me, that's the most exciting space of creation. That's improvisation 101. I mean, that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah, that's also like improvisation at the highest level because Improvisation 101 could be like, oh, I know the context. It's going to be this like C minor blues and here's all the scales and the shapes that I prepared. Like, I'm interested in the stuff that you don't know like you don't know yet what it's going to look like. You don't know what's coming at you and you and you co-create in real time. And I think that's what the Wayne Shorter Quartet did for the world. Mm -hmm. They like showed the highest possible level of that like spontaneous creation, literally making something from nothing. Cuz they'll go out and have no idea. They right. don't have a set. They don't have a song. But you learn that shit so you can forget it. Isn't that the that's the big line about that stuff you learn c minor scales and all that other crap so you yeah can, when you actually get there you just you vacate it maybe that said a lot but i i'm having a hard time thinking of anybody who who actually exhibits what the possibility is at that level sure it's like the wayne shoulder quartet also i just i'm like such a devotee of wayne so i try to talk about him as much as i can he's just so next level yeah. I, I would like to propose a 
not a challenge, a mission. Oh. Before you leave. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. Yes. Are, 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 are you familiar <laughs> with Are you familiar with Dogma ninety five? Have you heard that term? All right. So what is it? Ooh. Dogma ninety five is fun. This is exciting. <laughs> Dogma ninety five. So a, a bunch of uh, Danish filmmakers oh, were tired. Were tired of the French flexing on that. Oh, we're the best filmmakers. We're the most artistic. So they was that they the French accent. Yeah, what you said. Okay. I was about to say <laughs> like the wee wee. So they so they issued a challenge which had all these restrictions. Like okay, well then. You got to make a movie on this type of camera mm. with natural lighting, mm. no soundtracks, no da 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 da, mm. no edits, no. And mm. it was like, who makes the best product under all these restrictions? Mm. Then they're the winner. And they called it Dogma 95. Mm. I would love to see. I love that. The music version of that. Actually, I think there's. I think. Um, uh, why? I think uh, Matthew Herbert, the electronic musician, works that way. Really? Um, and also, oh, God, God, there's somebody else. There's somebody else. <laughs> oh, Mono Neon. I don't know if he still does, but at, uh, when he first started, he used to, like, when he, at the end of all of his videos, he would have, like, his little manifesto mm-hmm, or whatever, mm-hmm. and it was a list of all of his All the all, things all that he didn't do. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of his rules for making music. See, I think that's a luxury of the privilege, though. Like uh, truly, which is cute and beautiful, and and I like I love working. <laughs> she said cute. No, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> like I, I, I hear really, what you're saying. And I really with dig it. that. I really dig that. I do, and I'm I'm thinking of this documentary that I saw about the landfill harmonic of these young okay. people and their music teachers who were making instruments out of garbage. Right. But because that's all they had access to and the drive to generate music was so strong that they were like, yo, we don't have cellos, we don't have violins, but we have all this stuff around us. Let's just make what we need. And I, and again, like that creative impulse of generating something out of nothing is incredible. And for those of us who have like infinite access to these resources, I sort of feel like it's our responsibility to expand and the uh-huh. capacity to utilize them. That's <laughs> yeah, where I, I said, get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. <laughs> All three, y'all. And, like, and spread it. And yep. like spread it. If you have all that surplus, like go find some musicians who are actually trying to make some shit and like offer your excess to them instead you of. You do like, it. You do it. I know you do it sometimes. <laughs> you do it. I'm going to say Esperanza, get out of here. Bye, We're going to continue anyway. talking so we can <laughs> come to terms Undo with it all. everything I just said. Y'all. Have a good day. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank See you. Guys. Yeah. Love you. Love, love, love you too. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Strong J. <laughs> What's Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.